Hello, this is the Queen, and if you're listening to this, I have died. But immediately before dying, I subscribed to patreon.com slash house of decline, where I got many comics and many bonus episodes of podcasts hosted by the wonderful Alex and Steven. Hopefully, they will be uh, entertaining you as much as they entertain me seconds before my death. How am I recording this after knowing I have died? I'm a ghost. Um, hello, this is Osama Bin Laden. I am recording this directly before I died. And if you are hearing it, it means you should go to patreon.com slash house of decline, where you can find many good comics and also Bush did 9-11. Right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> of course, Osama Bin Laden is, in a, is a 9-11 conspiracist, as we all know. He's the best one. Yeah, he's the one that came up with it all in the in the first place. Nine eleven, it didn't even happen. Yeah, he's you know? the one who started the conspiracy theory. You think <laughs> that would that would be funny? Uh, he's uh, he. It would be funny if he just like dressed up as a white guy and you know he said alert jet fuel can't melt steel beams. You know he took on this persona. Oh man, he had radical surgery. He had radical. He had the white chick surgery. And Osama bin Laden this entire time. I'm gonna stop with this line. <laughs> I would love it if right Osama here. bin Laden had white chick surgery. He did white chicks, and he had like uh, blue color contacts. And he he was like, he was uh he was in the van with Al Baghdadi, who didn't know he was a white chick. And Al Baghdadi started playing Vanessa Carlton. Oh, because <laughs> he wa- they wanted to. There was like a classic Looney Tunes style romance that was developing, like when when Bugs. Uh, dresses up as a lady and elmer fudd falls yeah. in love with him <laughs> yeah al baghdadi was falling for the white chicksified osama bin laden yeah that that's what really good. happened seal team six just caught a six foot six man they didn't they didn't they didn't actually get osama uh osama right now is uh living uh his best life as liz truss uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> What do you think about her? Everyone is sharing uh, pictures of her feet on my Twitter feed, which I guess shows you the kind of people I follow on Twitter. There you go. Well, yeah, she did post feet like right away. As soon as becoming prime minister, she posted feet, which is, you know, a bold move. And there has been uh, speculation that she is into BDSM and that she wears a collar Where's like a BDSM? Maybe there's a BDSM collar involved with Liz Truss. Where's this coming from? I haven't heard. I don't it. know. Just just uh, rumblings on on BDSM YouTube. Well, I mean BDSM Twitter. Do you go on? Uh, what is it called? Fet Life. I don't go on Fet Life, but uh, I think it would be interesting if we went on Fet Life right now and see what Someone was going was, on. Someone uh, uh, was this the guy who wrote this book about um, the Holocaust. I can't. Jer- I can't remember his name. I think it's Jerry Saltz. Jerry Saltz, yeah. He was talking about how when he was visiting the Holocaust, um, the concentration camps in Poland, he decided to go on FetLife in Poland. Ooh. Okay. To find out what kind of kinks they were into at the in the towns that had the concentration camps. Okay. <laughs> which I thought was a hilarious idea. What were they into? Was it just mostly hentai? It was like whips and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not everyone's who who doesn't like the whips I, don't, are, I don't really like being whipped. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. De- I'm not into the pain thing. You know, I'm not into pain for pla- as as much as I wish I was because it seems cool. Yeah, you're like more the thing into about like emotional humiliation, right? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I like it when people are pointing at me. Uh, you, uh, do you know that uh, Twitter account, Pantsed Dude? I think it's called, or at Pantsed Guy. No. Where it's just all of his videos are him being pantsed and being so embarrassed. <laughs> it's like, and you see his real penis, too, and he's got a pretty big penis, so oh. it's like, I get why he's doing it. Okay. Uh, but in, like, one one thing, he's like, I'm dressed as Jason, and what if Jason got pantsed? You know, where it's like, I'm, I'm dressed as Hercules, and what if Hercules got, oh, no! <laughs> and he's, mm. in, like, in all these situations where he's getting pantsed. And uh, the people clamor for it, but that's like a that's a how big many thing, followers apparently. does he have? I think he has. A, let's see. I, I'm I'm trying to let's find pants dude. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to do an episode where we go on fat life and kink shame. We've I think we did a kink shaming episode already, so we don't want. Yeah, we, we don't want to. We're not kink. Sh- pants dude currently has ninety nine point five k followers. Wow. Uh, well on the road. His latest pantsing video is a preview. Someone is unbuttoning his overalls. He's he's a cowboy this time. Uh, and they're putting the overall strings around his neck 
as a collar, and they pantsed him. They pantsed him. It's finally, his dick is out. It's very embarrassing for him. Uh, but yeah, pants mm. dude. <laughs> pants well, dude. I'm spending the day trolling people by telling them that they need to quit talking about 9-11 because the queen died three days ago, and I have gotten some pretty good responses. One guy just told me, um, LMFAO, no, thousands died compared to one. A country was attacked. <laughs> thousands lost their lives, and America changed forever, and a war that lasted for years and cost even more lives came from it. It had more impact than you can imagine. So no, while sad, her death isn't more important. Nice try. And I'm going to say, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You've been trolled. You got, you got Stephen. There you go. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just too easy. I don't know. Uh... I was going to look up if we did a kink shaming episode, because I think we did. Uh, that happened to me. It's very funny when people are not able to parse very obvious sarcasm, um, which happens a lot. Because, right. you know, Twitter, you have a flat affect to what you produce. So, uh, hilariously, Marvel announced Sabra, the Israeli superhero. <laughs> oh, someone someone just said that now I'm losing credibility. <laughs> You're oh, really? losing credibility. Oh, really? The guy whose screen name is The Nightmare Before 9-11 is losing his credibility? <laughs> people people take things very seriously. I can't I can't deal with how seriously they're taking it. But yeah, I, I wrote of Sabra, the Israeli superhero. I'm sure the MC I, I trust the MCU to handle the Palestinian rights with sensitivity. And some of the some people some replies were like, "Uh, yeah, the MCU doesn't handle anything well." The MC, you know, very very earnest replies of like, "Oh, you're nice, yeah, you're nice people. Well, you don't picked, deserve any of this." They picked a pretty uh, hot hummus lady, I gotta say. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what they do. I mean, Israel is known for having uh, the hot Jews, and it's always put its hot hot lady Jews up front and center. Now, can you explain the connection between hummus and this character? Is yes, Sabra, Sabra is the name of a person born in Israel, and it's the name of a type of prickly pear, which is rough on the outside, but sweet on the inside, like the, you know, the Israelis' image of themselves of being tough bastards, but, you know, filled with that wonderful psychedelic trance sentimentality as well. <laughs> so, uh, that's, no, that's where it comes, it doesn't, the hummus brand came after Oh. Or I don't know if it was contemporaneous, but, you know, everyone was saying, you know, why don't we get the other BDS brands in there, like uh, SodaStream and the television show Euphoria. There should be. And SodaStream would be an excellent, you know, that's the superhero I would, if I had soda powers, you know how some people, like, become water and they can have water powers? I would love the ability to control soda. So that like, would be like an amazing superpower. how Spider-Man shoots web out of his wrist, you'd, you'd just sort of have, like, a, a fountain drink. Like yeah, gun. so to stream, I'd shoot seltzer out of my wrist. I but mean, it would come natural. I would produce it naturally. I, know, I would I know have a blood seltzer would, level. I know what you would probably spend most of your time doing, and that is just like self-sucking your soda emitter. <laughs> out of my penis? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just learning to suck just, my own dick because it's sucking, soda now? Yeah, because soda comes out of it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's double the pleasure. I can suck my own dick and I can drink seltzer at the same time. This is amazing for me. Frankly, I'm having a very good time. Um, Sabra in the comics is really funny. Her her enemies are uh, anarchists. And I, I, <laughs> I'm going to go to the Marvel Wiki because they're all on the Marvel Wiki page. You can look up uh, Mossad. Mossad has its own entry because Sabra is also a Mossad agent. <laughs> She's a super powered Mossad agent. That's cool. I mean, and yeah, the jokes a lot of the people were making. What is her super? What is her uh, the the person she fights? An eight year old Palestinian child? Is that the villain in this movie? You know, throwing rocks, uh, which is a very good joke and uh, very sad. Uh, well, they should uh, they should counter by having a Palestinian superhero who is superpowers human shield. <laughs> that would they would get people would get so mad. Uh yeah. They they should Marvel should absolutely come up with an intervening Palestinian superhero. Yeah, but uh, they just make that, it they, but that's the villain. It's like a super villain. Right, right. Yeah, um or suck. he yeah, it's called instead of Sabra, he's called Hamas or something like that. He's no, he's actually just called Hummus and he has Hummus powers, he can turn into living Hummus. 
Now that would suck my own dick if hummus came out of it. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Big chunky hummus coming out of your your urethra. Why you say chunky? It's smooth. Chunky hummus. It's never I, chunky. I like my I like my I like a little chunky. I like I like to have a textured chickpea. It's nice. I mean there. if you make it yourself, you can make it chunky, like a little, you know. I used to I make it um, this is now the cooking show. This is a cooking episode, and I was okay, going to compare okay. hummus recipes. Huh? You need a fuck ton of tahini to really make it good, okay? And you got to <laughs> use the dried chickpeas. If you're using canned chickpeas, you are doing it wrong because they put stuff in the canned chickpeas that makes it not so good. Um, so you got to use dried chickpeas, a fuck ton of tahini, buttload of garlic, and some lemon juice. And then, if it's still warm, you put some olive oil on it and have it. Oh, it's so good. Um, See, you're the real Sabra right here. You should make you, you should make your own hummus brand. Your uh, your own non-Israeli hummus brand. Do you remember when we're hummus... only on the occupied land of American indigenous yeah. people? So <laughs> it's fine. You can buy from. It. Do you remember when hummus was taken off in like the, it was like 2003 or something? I don't know why. Maybe it was because we were doing all these Middle East wars, and Americans are like Middle East. We could try Middle Eastern food. Why not? We're going mm -hmm. over there. We're sending our boys over there. Let's try some mm -hmm. Middle Eastern food. Oh, what? Hummus? What is this? Oh, it's, it's like a dip. It's like a different kind of salsa. And then all these uh, hummus brands started popping up. Yeah, I think, yeah. It was, uh, it's because it's also, it's delicious and you can, uh, and pretty healthy, even though, you know, some of the sweeter commercialized versions aren't really. You know what I saw? Sabra hummus brand. You know what I saw? They have chocolate hummus. Uh, oh, oh no oh no that says i mean israel is famous for its terrible culinary feats as well mm -hmm. it is like one of the worst food countries you'll see like a burger with red peppers with uncooked red peppers on it or something like that it's like Ooh, this crunchy. is that's nice burger in israel this is why this is i i will not had israeli burger before uh so i want to read these lines from sabra's marvel wiki okay uh, Sabra was brought on the site of a hostage-taking where the Israelis for Anarchy and Windstorm were besieged in a kibbutz with the deaf son of an American ambassador. <laughs> Comics are awesome. Comics yeah. are great. Uh, she ended up depowering and leaving an agonized Windstorm and saved the boy. She battled Hulk another time a few months later when he and Ulysses targeted Max Mir, a boy susceptible of becoming the next Adolf Hitler. <laughs> susceptible? Wait. He's susceptible? He was susceptible. Like yeah, if, he, was, he, had like a, if, he had Hitler potential. Like if someone says the wrong thing to him, he's like, oh, I'm gonna be Hitler. Oh, I'm gonna Hitler. I'm turning into Hitler. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I can feel it. Or like he's aware Hitler. <laughs> he Ooh, looks at the full yeah. moon. And he turns into a Hitler. I'm, I'm now reading uh, the Max Mir wiki. Max Mir was the son of the Dreyberg ambassador to Israel. <laughs> okay. His mother was an American student who came with a student visa to Dreyberg, but found love there. Uh, geez, this is a long backstory. Uh, Delphi from the Pantheon witnessed a vision of a future where Max Mir would marshal his homeland of Dreyberg into one of the most devastating war machines uh, Earth had ever known, and himself becoming a tyrant with the same stature as Hitler. Hitler, again, <laughs> Hitler is, is huge in the MCU. Was it, like, what's the deal with that? I guess that's because... Well, Captain, that's how comics that's how yeah. they started yeah they were yeah, fighting basically Hitler. that's yeah, yeah all comics are at root or marvel comics especially you know were big into the hitler bashing i was watching elvis and they were saying that elvis was saying that captain marvel was his favorite superhero uh El yeah yeah the old captain marvel the boy captain marvel yeah the boy captain marvel yeah that's that is true of elvis he did have a little lightning bolt that he car elvis was a big nerd is yes. what we're getting at. Yeah, it's very funny. A very funny movie. Elvis says autistic and his hyperfixation was uh, black music. <laughs> it's funny. It's cool. Okay. That's kind of how the what the movie implies as well. It's it's funny and cool. Uh, ju um, just like Elvis, who's funny. Oh no, and cool. the Elvis movie is great. It is a fucking five stars. You know, nine out of ten. You know, the best movie Baz Luhrmann's ever made for sure. Baz Luhrmann is is engaged in a in a lifelong project of making myths for white American teenage girls. And I say more power to him. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what his next project is going to be. Probably like 
how like the founding of Hot Topic, I would imagine is. <laughs> yeah, well, he's so he's big into America. It seems like you yeah. know he he has he has his two Australia movies. He's got Strictly Ballroom in Australia, and uh, but the rest of his movies, I guess his Moulin Rouge is his Paris movie. But you know, Romeo plus Juliet, The Great Gatsby, Elvis. You know, he's big into big uh, American mythology. Yeah, so it's, it's what I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Malcolm X. that's the next move let's see baz lerman's malcolm x you know we already have a really good version with spike lee let's let a white man take the wheel it's just (laughs) it's like another three hour long music video yeah would would it be funny if it's like just a shot for shot remake of the spike lee movie for some reason but it has all like the bad there's like a lot of shit going on in the background it has like baz lerman flair you know, he's just some kind of crazy, crazy guy out there doing whatever he wants. I mean, you know, I thought that I think the Great Gatsby was um, OK. I, I saw it in 3D. It was the only 3D movie I ever saw during that craze of 3D movies. You know, mm-hmm. you remember nerds online, they were like, every movie is going to be 3D from now on. Yeah. Uh, 3D whoops. TVs were becoming a thing. Whoops. I guess that I guess that wasn't correct. Uh <laughs> No, because it doesn't, like, outside of maybe Avatar, which might revive that whole trend, like, movies weren't significantly different in 3D without, you know, like, in order to have that, maybe I'm even misremembering what Avatar was like when I experienced it, but I'm really remembering, at least in the theater when I had the fucking 3D glasses on, it did the thing where people were reaching out and it felt sort of tactile in a way. But that's because, you know, James Cameron is a singular technologist. You, you know what know, I, you know what I love when I go capacity. to the movies more than anything? It's wearing two pairs of glasses. Yes, that's also a factor that makes it <sighs> uh, un, unlovable, <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, I think, I mean, eventually they'll master the thing where you can you see the 3D without the glasses. That's what? coming down the pipeline soon. You mean you like in, our, in real life? Like in how real, real life, life? 3D? Holograms. I actually wonder, like, once 3D immersive holograms, which seems like it's coming pretty soon to uh, a mainstream, uh, I wonder, there will be holographic cameras, like 3D holographic cameras that can capture, mm. or at least, you know, interpolate in a 3D model okay, from a, a two So basically, we're, we're reinventing theater. Yes. I mean, yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's going to be a, like, a, instead of actually seeing a play, we're going to have a movie of a play on a stage <laughs> yeah but they will be the tupac holograms you can see every tupac the tupac hologram and the robert kardashian hologram are the only ones we've got so far and they're going to do all of hamlet yeah you know well there'll tupac be a david, is gonna be a david be... schwimmer hologram i would love to see friends all hologrammed yeah they'll be there for you that's you know that was the main thing and so will these holograms uh they should have a hologram of the queen. You know, why does she have to die? She can live on forever in hologram form. That might be nice. I don't know. It seems like everyone is sad about the queen and, and everyone's taking it very seriously. And I'm glad for that. Uh, you know, so yeah, we're monarchists here. We're big monarchists. Yeah. What are the other what are the other like remaining monarchs? I think does the Netherlands uh, have one. <laughs> yeah, I think Sweden has one, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't there a guy called like King Oli or something like that? It's not, it's not a skateboarding move. <laughs> king <laughs> King kip, kick flip. <laughs> the king the king flip. Um, I, don't, I don't know what we're saying. Yeah, uh, but yeah, monarchists. People like monarchism, right? People are people are big into the idea of this spiritual essence of the country. You know, the right. she is England. Damn it! All of England is in her. Which is, like, weird that if if you argue that all of England is in her, and then you get mad at people for, like, saying that she's bad for colonialism, like, how? She's, like, if she is the spiritual representative of England, that's all the bad things as well, right? Yeah, and something that I learned about uh, history from the Queen dying was the Mau Mau Rebellion. Yeah, yeah. In which, what happened to the Mau Mau? In which some Kenyans tried to rebel against the colonial government and the which is the british and then the british like rounded up like half a million kenyans and this was in like 1958 Mm -hmm. put them all in camps and tortured them Mm -hmm. in horrifying ways like 
just like the most horrifying ways you can imagine. And then they ended up in like 2012 paying 5,000 survivors like $30 million in reparations. Yeah. Was she queen at the time of the India-Pakistan partition? Oh, no, she was not. But she was was queen during the Mau Mau Rebellion. Okay. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, what else? I'm sure I can think of other English atrocities that occurred during that time. I mean, uh, maybe not as pronounced as that one, but um, they still had their fingers in, you know, the, the post-colonial countries everywhere, you know. They, uh, okay, so let's Yemen, re- Yemen let's re- she was a big presence in Yemen as let's, well. Uh, let me talk about some of these British war crimes that were occurring in, like, the 50s. Um, let's see. We had just won the war. We were, <laughs> we, <laughs> we are the preservers of culture. We had beaten back the Huns. And we were ready to spread the wonder of democracy around the world. What did we achieve? Things got a little out of hand. By the time I cut his balls off, he had no ears, and his eyeball, the right one, I think, was hanging out of his socket. Too bad. He died before I got much out of him. A description of a British interrogation during the That's Mau a direct Mau. quote from the Queen herself. Yeah. So, for, you know, for Jeff Bezos to get mad at someone for, you know wishing pain upon the queen's death that's especially because that woman also um was meeting with the staten island amazon unionizers is just really outrageous use of his power and Mm -hmm. jeff bezos sucks so yeah i mean it's also just well it's that thing with billionaires where they're so thin-skinned where um your whole goal was to become the big top asshole leader. Fuck you. You realize that comes with people hating you. People are going to hate you for that. Right. You know, it's something that even I remind myself, even this minor level of like a platform on Twitter. Now I can become a hate sponge for people. And it's not because of anything I've done particularly. It's just because it was, you know, right. You want, I, I initially, I was like, Oh wow. Wishing excruciating pain on someone seems bad. Mm-hmm. That was my first reaction. And then as I learn more and I read about the Mau Mau Rebellion and the way they tortured people, I I think that what she tweeted was fine. And, yeah. and in fact, <laughs> maybe even appropriate. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the professor as well. The professor yeah. at Carnegie Mellon, yeah. was it? Yeah. She, uh, what's she, her name? I, I don't remember. Who um, used something like yeah, that? But like I, I don't think that that tweet violated the rules. She was just saying she hoped the pain, hoped that the queen was in pain while she was dying, which is, you know, at first I was like, that's yeah. odd. that's an odd thing to do. But then as I learned about the, some of the things that they did while she was queen that she said yeah. nothing about, you know, I'm just like, yeah. good, yeah, she should probably should have some pain while she died. That would that would have been just, <laughs> yeah, just crazy. a little, you know, it's that's like crazy she... that they did that, like while Elvis was. Yeah, Mama, Mama, they're doing the Mau Mau Rebellion. They're hurting people. They're hurting people over there. Elvis was just like going to to tent revivals and being like, oh my God, I love this music. Yeah, I love these people. I love this music, Mama. It's terrible what they're doing in the Mau Mau Rebellion. Uh, In fact, I'm doing my own Mau Mau Rebellion right now, Mama. (laughs) That's actually his first hit single was That's All Right, Mau Mau. That's all right, man. Uh, he, he was supporting them. That's why Colonel Tom Parker was woke. That's why they wouldn't go on a, on a European tour, because they're doing terrible things in the Mama Rebellion. Okay, yeah, that's you're doing Zizek as Colonel Tom I'm Parker. I'm doing Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> this trash can we call R&B music. <laughs> this trash can that we call Hips. Um I was thinking, yeah, I, my other joke was I was going to go to the Buckingham Palace and sell I love the Queen and I hate the Queen pins. Yeah. Then get immediately beat up by a bunch of guys going, oh, bruv, don't make fun of Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they stick all the I hate Queen, I hate the Queen pins in my eyes. Well, who's, who's someone that died recently in America that we're not, like, we were not allowed to make fun of? I, was it George du- think- uh, H.W.? Was, was that... Is he no, dead? People, people, yeah, H.W. died. Um, but I think we were allowed to make fun of... I, I'm trying to think of like a, a historical I think figure. Nancy Reagan, when Nancy Reagan died, they got mad for making people making fun of her. Calling her the throat goat and such like that. Oh, that came later. That came after she died. Uh, I goodness. guess that... I, I mean, what, I think the thing about Nancy Reagan is when she died, there was um, 
someone said that she was it was Kamala or someone uh, weird. No, it was Hillary. I think said that she was like a supporter of the LGBT community or something like that, oh. which is obviously ridiculous because, you know, she conspired uh, to keep yeah. AIDS silent for well, a someone. While. Someone was like the queen was a quiet supporter of the LGBT movement. <laughs> yeah, it's, very quiet. Someone quote tweeted like some said maybe the quietest. Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, that shit is not to be. You know, one thing about Princess Di is it was a big deal for her hugging that that person with HIV. I I do think, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Uh, That is like one of the best things you can say is her as like the best royal that people tend to remember is her because she seemed to have that weird humanity that if you're in that position, like you're automatically that's going to be forced out of you. Like, how can you be a normal person and be a royal, you know? Yeah, or like, she, how can she, you give a shit about the common folk? You know, and be a fucking with HIV was huge because people didn't yeah. want to like nurses in hospitals were afraid. Like they were like, I don't want to touch. I don't want to get. It, I don't want to touch. I want to be in the same room because yeah. people were just. I mean, the freak out about COVID is nothing compared to the freak out about AIDS and not wanting to be around people with AIDS. Yeah, just watch and... the movie Philadelphia. <laughs> That's a, obviously the greatest representation of a of a gay man. Just just watch Denzel Washington use slurs. <laughs> he uses a lot of slurs in that movie. <laughs> 90s were different. It was it was a hard movie. It was about hardness. I it's, watched that on a on an airplane um right after watching the movie where Tom Hanks plays Walt Disney, the one about Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these I was like these movies making me cry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks is a, Tom Hanks as an AIDS victim sounds like a fucking come down. To that. Ah, jeez, I'm dying of AIDS. Ah, no. Yeah. <laughs> There's no crying. There's no AIDS in baseball. You know. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm digging myself into a hole here. That from That's from League of Their Own. League of Their, League of their Own. Would you? They were uh, yeah. Uh, League of Their Own. I think I was listening to uh, the Batting Around podcast uh, with Lauren and Jane and Stephen. Uh, from Twitter, mm-hmm. and they were talking about one episode. They were talking about League of Their Own and how you can't have a character like Tom Hanks's character anymore, who's just like a, an alcoholic. And it's it's fun, you know. <laughs> it's like now everyone's alcoholism has to be a problem. You know, you could just have like a fun drunk in movies, and you can't have that character anymore. Well, I mean, maybe uh, if there was a superhero and alcohol is coming out of his penis, maybe you know. <laughs> that would be God. Fun, yeah. Can you imagine? trying to quit alcohol if 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 it's coming out of your penis yeah his name would be bottle service or something <laughs> like that <laughs> it's too close to the nick kroll character of body bobby bottle service but yeah uh nick kroll fu- what is this news with nick kroll and florence pew uh pew you haven't been following the don't worry darling <laughs> don't not. worry darling press it's tour so the confounding disaster. it has confounded me so utterly i don't under who's who's mad like Olivia Wilde directed it, and yes. and and then Shia LaBeouf was too intense and too good of an actor, too awesome of a, of a dude. <laughs> too good of an actor to be a... You're a big Shia supporter, I love course. him, okay? <laughs> he, beat, he beat up FKA Twigs. You I'm shouldn't sorry. Like Shia LaBeouf. I, don't, I don't love that part of him, but I love him as an actor, <laughs> okay? Sorry. Okay. People do bad stuff. I don't... I can't... Con- I don't control him. You don't you, you like him as an actor? What do you like him as an actor? He's good at acting. Honey boy? He's good. He's like the best actor. Holes? You liked holes? Yes. Big holes? I like I, watching I, him I eat like an holes. onion. Holes okay? Good, yeah. he, he eats an onion better than, more convincing. He probably the was way, really eating an onion. Yeah, absolutely. He was not faking eating that onion. I, All I, of that onion was I in was his mouth. I was a huge Even Stevens fan growing up. Yeah. And I just like him. Okay? I'm sorry he did bad stuff. <laughs> I, I, I can't. Like, I, I'm not engaging in the Shia LaBeouf apologism, but I will no, support you. I don't support. As you I'm, go. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like trying to get him roles, but I'm going to watch his <laughs> movies. I'm like, I'm not okay. going to pay for them. You're not going to boycott. Try. You're not going to BDS. Shia what am LaBeouf? I supposed to not pirate his movies or whatever? Like, I can't just if it's on streaming already. I can't. Shia watch LaBeouf it. having a fucking Shia LaBeouf DVD in your house <laughs> is like having a fucking soda stream. It shows you don't fucking care. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the movie because he's funny and crazy, and he's. Does, I guess uh, what's he good? At? Is, is he good in Transformers? He's good in Indiana I guess he's Jones. Good in he's good in the Indiana Jones movie. I don't know why they got rid. I guess they got rid of him because he's an abusive guy. But um, who beat? He was like beating up <laughs> everyone. He's just. You know, I imagine him as just like constantly punching the air and everyone around him. Yeah, he seems very angry. Yeah, he's. <laughs> what if that was a thing? It's like I'm just punching the air constantly. If you get in the way, it's your own fault. Yeah, and everyone's <laughs> like, no one at all is looking at the cast of even Stevens and being like, okay, who molested this poor boy? Because he is so <laughs> fucked up. Okay, something <laughs> well horrible happened to him. I don't know. I don't know if you can necessarily say that. Oh, I was. Uh, I bet something fucked up happened to him. <laughs> on this and that of- would justify it. It's okay. Don't worry. He can beat up FKA Twigs. He was molested. It's no, he can't. You can't beat up anybody. Right? It would. It would it make people understand that he needs help. Okay. He needs. Okay. He needs help. He should not. <laughs> he should not be joining the Catholic Church. Like he's obviously like searching for for help and re, and doing. Are you cries saying for that anyone who joins the Catholic Church is in extreme distress? Yeah, you kind of have to be. We should be rescuing the Red Scare. I don't think they're the Red Scare. They're just getting the Thiel bucks now, so they have to. Yeah, I think he's this. in distress. I mean, he's 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 uh, he's got mental problems. He's in distress. It doesn't excuse violence. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. You should never be violent ever. No. Well, except against the Nazis. The who? The who? The who? Those guys. Those who? I don't know. I don't know those guys. <laughs> You've never heard of the Nazis. I've never before. heard of them. <laughs> okay, let's see if I would. Uh, let's see. I'll try and describe them to you. Uh, imagine some really angry guys. Okay, they're just really angry, and they're especially about the Jew. Have you ever seen the movie The Lord of the Rings? Uh, no, I've seen this new TV show. I've only seen this new. Have TV you seen show. the Lord of the Rings television show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Nazis are like the elves in that show. Oh. Okay. That's exactly what wow. the Nazis so are. Like if I a, were describing like, somebody... Like a, like a utopian multiracial group of super beings? <laughs> Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm describing the Nazis to somebody. I have also never heard of the Nazis, but okay. I imagine this is what they're like. And they're like led by a woman? Who's like <laughs> we're taking, yeah, Lenny be- Riefenstahl. Beautiful. Galadriel was the Lenny Riefenstahl. Cool, cool. Okay, these it sounded pretty good. Sounded pretty yeah, good so far. Yeah, so so far. These Nazis, these Lord of the Nazis. Uh, has anyone? Because there are a lot of Nazis that are into Lord of the Rings, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny to be a white supremacist and also into like these very nerdy books. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get why everyone likes Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. It's mid-tier fantasy, but with very good world building. Oh, very good. Very good. I think people like it because uh, I there was there was a post on Trad Twitter. They were saying that uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings are superior to the Gurm books because Lord of the Rings actually contain uh, uh, hard good and evil. The what book? Oh, the, the Gurm. The, uh, the Song of Ice and Fire Game of books. Thrones. The, Game, of the Thrones. Game of Thrones books, yeah. Uh, just call them the Gurm books, but uh, yeah, they're, they're superior because they contain a sense of good and evil, and that's like what these trad people are after. Is like they hate postmodernism because it has erased the idea that that there are necessary waypoints of good and evil that we can turn our heads. It clearly to, you know? hasn't. I mean, we have this whole Ukraine war that's supposed to be between good and evil, and everyone is mm-hmm. everyone who it, you you could not describe the people who are cheering that on as being trad. They're your normal progressives it's yeah. very strange everyone everyone i think everyone wants to see a fight between good and evil yeah but even so like that that's the other thing about lord of the ring is like uh tolkien can sometimes get criticized for racism in it but i, I think tolkien was trying to deliberately avoid that because he had the, especially like a huge struggle of trying to think okay the orcs they're bad they're like evil they're clearly evil but they're sentient, so that doesn't make any sense with my sort of Catholic idea. Because if you're sentient in Catholicism and then you can understand sin, then you're not evil because you can improve and you're like one of God's. So he had, so Tolkien always went through these uh, like massive permutations on how to justify like uh, the the evilness of the orcs, which he never really could quite get to. I mean, that's sort of what's interesting about Catholic philosophy in general. It's about a bunch of nerds setting hard rules for themselves and then trying to like logic their way around those rules 
Hmm. Like that's sort of like what Augustine is about. You know, mm-hmm. it's about, you know, thinking, uh, well, God is all good. So how must there be evil? And it's like, you have to begin from the axiomatic premise that God is all good, right? And that's the big rule that you've set up. So how do I ex post je- facto justify that? And I think that's what's interesting about Catholic. That's where it gets really creative as well, because you have to come up with some really wacky ways for for like logic and rationality to shift in order to justify these mm-hmm. hard these hard spiritual rules that you've automatically set up for yourself. Yeah, there's always I I went to Catholic school, so I had to learn about all the heresies. The heresies and the heresies. There's a bunch that are like, I was like, some of these sound pretty good. Why do you, <laughs> why are they uh, bad? And why, why are they so bad? Why don't you have some, what? but they were going through this sort of refinement process over 2000 years where occasionally like a peasant person would be like, I don't think that the church should own all the gold. And then they would be like, yeah. uh, he's a heretic. He's saying the church <laughs> can't own all the gold. We got to yeah. burn him. You know, and this would happen every so often, and until a nerdy German guy yeah. really stuck it to him. And I think I was saying on a previous episode, the schism of the Protestant mm-hmm. Church is the greatest apocalypse to happen to Catholicism and Catholics. <laughs> and the the popes ever since have been working to um, mend that schism. So yeah. you have to. Do your duty as a Protestant and never collaborate with a Catholic ever. I'm now I'm now hearing Pope Francis going and this fix the skis. I know the pieces meant because I watched them fall away. Um, it's me, the Pope. Apparently, there's Pope uh, Francis has been. He's sort of like under threat of a potential coup in Pope Land. They're gonna try to because he's too liberal. Yeah, he, they, he's too he's too liberal. So he's like going after the trads in the church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting rid of the Latin Mass, and he's going after some of the Knights of Malta and the Opus Dei. Yeah, that's good. You know, I I would rather the Pope Francis version of Catholicism than the Opus Dei version of Catholicism be the reigning yes. Catholicism. It's, it's slightly it is slightly better. Although, in my opinion, it's all the same. Yeah, it's. It's all bad, but, you know, a, a lot of Catholics do what the Pope says, and if the Pope is, you know, being chiller than usual, than past Popes, um, I'm, I think that's a better thing than sort of the, the insane wing of Catholic converts that, especially the ones that are, you know, we, we make fun of Thiel for not, like, having a big reach on society, but I think he actually does, you know, I think in ways that we can't, you know, really understand, because I, I think... Um, this sort of return to kings idea of the dark enlightenment finds its way into the mass culture in in strange ways. I mean, most notably with this adulation of the queen, you know, uh, of of uh, people getting really mad that you're making fun of her. Mm. You know, this is uh, I, uh, people constantly want to justify this return to monarchy when it's so. I mean, monarchy is so obviously this weird vestige of the past. It's it's this uh, v- vestigial limb. It's this thing that continues to exist, even though it's wholly useless and pointless in the way that we organize society. I guess it's not real. Like, English people, when trying to justify the Queen, will say, oh, it brings in so much money for England. And, you know, she's our spiritual center, and it's part of our cultural export as we have this system of royals, you know. That's what makes it unique. But it I don't know. It it, uh, it always screams to me that uh, you're just not as advanced as a culture. You you still have these weird figureheads who for no reason, for no discernible reason, are richer and have extreme power. Not because they're wise or they've earned it in any way, but because they're still gifted by blood and divine right. You know, it's yeah, it's a it's it's a, a hierarchy that enables the people who are well off to feel like they are well off because of God and mm-hmm. not because of systemic injustice. Mm-hmm. And so it's self-justifying for everyone else who has a place in a hierarchy that's not at the absolute bottom. And so th- that's why everyone in England who, you know, you, you see the, like the, the images of who is like gathering outside to mourn the queen. It's like a sea yeah. of well-fed white faces who all look like they're not at the bottom of the hierarchy. 
and that's I think that's what it is. It's like a way to a way to say that it is God. It is because of God that that um, the social order is the way it is, and uh, it's kind of disgusting. And and yeah. it's doubly disgusting to see any American support the monarchy and any conservative American who's who is supposedly so pro founding fathers and our yeah, founding Yeah, Gadsden flag Americans like, uh, are like respect the goddamn queen. I yeah. guess you know there there's some there's some element of that where it's like the queen has in in the minds of most people been removed of any of the powers of an actual monarch and thus she is sort of harmless and okay. And you know, you can't hate somebody for what they represent, but that's literally her job is to represent <laughs> is to represent. That's her entire thing is that whatever else she does she is this uh, spiritual figurehead for a country. Philosophy Tube, Abigail Thorne, uh, once did a video on monarchy, and she said that the queen was uh, England's waifu. England's collective waifu is the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of idealized uh, mother or father figure. Now, now it's a father figure that um, represents the goodness of your national will or something like that. And in that sense, you know, that it's also weird because it's nationalistic. It's very strange to congregate around a person who you feel like represents you as a country when, you know, it's she's still like this white figure. You know, England is this uh, multi-ethnic place that has been uh, is more informed, if anything, by Indian culture than anything else because of its uh, colonialization. But none of that is present in royalty. There is no brown ruler of England even though that would be just as representative. So. Yeah. Um, I'm now I'm looking, I want to make sure that I answered your question correctly about the partition of, of Pakistan and India. Yeah. I want to make sure what year, what year was that? 1947. So it was still yeah. King George. Uh, there you go. But so the English had this thing called divide and rule that mm-hmm. they would do. And that basically involved exploiting or creating these societal divisions that Mm -hmm. maybe didn't even exist before and creating these sort of really brutal conditions for the people who lived there by by like creating racism creating like generating hatred um like they like taking the subcontinent and dividing it into based on ethnic and religious differences where beforehand they were able to live together, but the English mm-hmm. being like, no, no, the, the Bengals can't live with the Indians. You guys are different somehow. It's mm-hmm. like, before, okay, we weren't different, bef- like that different before. We just had different religions. Like, yeah. there, aren't there different religions in England? And yeah, but that's a very common feature of colonialism is to stoke the cultural differences in the colonized people uh, until uh, it gets way out of hand. So yeah. that they well, can... you say it very common because I think it was invented by England. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't. Spain didn't use that. I don't think. Spain France had a very... did that a bunch. France did that in Africa a lot. I think that was after England invented it. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know my world history. I don't yeah, know exactly, I but I know that like. There's an interesting sort of fantasy you can take of, like, if Spain had colonized um, America instead of English people. Mm-hmm. And it, the Spaniards, although they were not great to the indigenous, they were not engaged, like, in just, let's kill all of them. Yeah, it wasn't straight up. There was a lot of murder, but it was also more embracing of the culture. Like, but that's the other weird thing about American culture is... Indigenous culture is is folded into American culture, but in a way that, you know, there there is no in Mexico or in lots of Latin American or South American countries, huge swaths of the population are Mixteca people. Right. They're they're people that I expressly identify as uh, descendants of both, you know, the colonizers and the indigenous population. And those these are massive. There's no such. You know, people do it in America, but it rings false. You know, Elizabeth Warren tries to do that shit, but it doesn't come across as true because uh, I think you're right. In in North America, there was a more expressly genocidal or, you know, uh, ethnic cleansing mentality to it than 
there necessarily was in, in the more Southern colonial examples, which is not to say that they didn't do horrible colonialism there, too. It yeah, was just I, different. I mean, I, I read this, um, I can't remember the name of the book, but sort of a, a book about early American history and slavery and colonialism and the Spanish colonialism in Florida. Like, they were really engaged in trying to convert all the natives. Like, there was two, there's two sort of ideas about what to do with the native population and the Spanish. The Spaniards mm-hmm. were like, well, we're going to convert them all and save them. And the mm-hmm. English people were like, well, we're going to kill them all. We're going to kill yeah. all of them. And so is it? it's not good to – it's not like that great of the Spanish to to try to convert them all. But they wanted – there's at least something in that you can sort of – it's not it's not murderous. It's just – it's more like, well, we think we're saving you. Yeah, sort I of. mean, yeah, I, I, if we're talking about, I mean, it all ends up in the same thing, so it's hard to, like, dither on those points, you know, it all yeah. ends up with bodies stacked like cordwood, but, yeah, I think what that speaks to is less of a desire to, um, less of a desire to eliminate the thing entirely, uh, to eliminate, you know, to eliminate an entire culture, but rather to, you know, assimilate with it. Something a, a greater desire to not totally exclude something, but rather to combine. I mm-hmm. think maybe results. I mean, it definitely results in the treatment, the different treatment of indigenous people, and you know the fact that in South American countries, indigenous people have actually gotten a foothold in government, uh, like with mm-hmm. Bolivia being the prime example. I, I found the book I was reading. It's called "The Dawning of the Apocalypse" by Gerald Horn. Yeah. And so he's a communist, so it's a, it's like a historical materialist um, book talking about, and it's the roots of slavery, white supremacy, settler colonialism, and capitalism in the long 16th century. So, uh, y- let me see. So, yeah, the Spanish sort of had slaves in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he talks about, he talks about, like, the origin of slavery. Um, mm-hmm. In America, is this? I was reading this during like 1619 times. You know, when everyone was like, <laughs> yeah, when everyone was talking about uh, 1619. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I think that that lady has had a bunch of controversies surrounding her, right? Or like, yeah, I don't want to get not, into that discourse because well, at first, <laughs> at first, I was reactionary and I was like, that's that's bad. I don't like that. I don't like hearing bad yeah. things. And then, and then yeah. I, so then I was like, I'm going to try to read about it. And so I read this book and, um. The guy wrote another introduction after the 1619 project where he, and Gerald Horn is also black. And yeah. so he, he wrote an introduction and he was like, I don't, I don't get why everyone is pissed about 1619 and not my book. Cause I wrote it before. And <laughs> That's very funny being petty about it. I like that. I like that. And, and he was you like, should have been I, rioting. I was saying much more extreme I, shit. I, was, I already did it. I did it first. And um, that's great. That's like Lou Reed talking shit about other rock fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so she's not wrong. She does get some things kind of wrong. Like the the thing is that uh, that Gerald Horn talks about is like well. Yeah, the Spaniards were bringing slaves before 1619. So slavery, mm-hmm. that is not the start of slavery. And they did yeah. enslave indigenous people as well. So mm-hmm. it's like there's more to it than just that. But yeah. um, I've very much softened on 1619 Project. I think it's fine now. Yeah. I don't care. I think it's, fi- it's fine and it's kind of good. It's yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not invest deeply invested in that world of uh, historical like the, uh, al- the alternative is the shit that I learned in Catholic school, which was that the slaves liked being slaves and <laughs> we, oh, no. and that yeah. and that they they're actually it's a myth that the, that's the slaveholders were ever mean or bad to the slaves who liked just it, like so. the Patriot like Mel Gibson and the pa- that you, you remember the Patriot. Yeah, I remember that movie. Had this weird, lighthearted depiction of slavery. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they that's the that's what they white conservatives chose to do is is whitewash it and say that it wasn't that bad. It was actually kind of good for them, and yeah. that and that continues into their way that they misteach Reconstruction as well. Mm-hmm. I was taught that like basically what I was taught at Catholic school was like. When, when we gave black people the right to vote, they weren't ready for it. <laughs> That's so fucking paternalist. That's it's so fucking bullshit. stupid. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, 
All I had to do is read the beginning of Eric Foner's book, which I haven't finished because I'm reading some other stuff, but like reconstruction is taught, is mistaught all over. Mm-hmm. And they, like as that that the big error that that the government made was giving black people the right to vote because they were some able they were making the wrong choices because they weren't electing racist white landowners, yeah, like they were supposed to, like, yeah, duh, of course not. They 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 and and yeah, the idea that they try to get in your mind is like basically black people don't have any agency and they don't mm-hmm. know what they can't vote they can't. Yeah. They can't take care of themselves, and the that is ev- so evil and pisses me off so much when I see yeah. anything like that. So I have a very bad reaction. Um, so yeah, to, the 1619 project is is um, a a worthy project. It's very hard to get every everything completely right when you're doing history, mm-hmm. and so to have people nitpick at it, it's like that should be welcomed by. Um, I'm trying to remember her name now. Uh, I can't remember who does it. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Like that it. should be uh, like yeah. She 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 could just welcome like okay. There's criticisms like it's fine. We'll, and I think they have. They've made revisions, mm-hmm. and that's you know you have to revise it as you go. But Nicole Hannah Jones. Yeah, Nicole Hannah like Jones. there's what she's up against is an evil alternative. So it's it's a pretty easy choice to make. It's mm-hmm. not flawless, but there's no history book that's flawless. Uh, comments. What are I'm reading now? Her controversy section on Wikipedia. On Nicole Hannah Jones. Yeah, I'm trying to. Oh, we uh, get we getting into it now. Okay. We're gonna get. No, I don't. <laughs> Here's one on comments on Europe and Ukraine. Okay. Ooh. In February 2022, tweet Hannah Jones said that Europe is not a continent by definition, alleging that there is a geopolitical fiction to separate it from Asia. That's kind of true. That's like that. Yeah, if if we're going by continents as landmaster, okay, I don't know. Okay, so yeah, the, the, she uh, they put in the 1619 project that the American Revolution was fought to protect slavery. Interesting. And that's like, yeah, I guess, yeah, not not a hundred percent of the people fighting it want had that motive, but it's hard to ascribe motive. Um, yeah. Some think, people you know, had that motive. Just yeah, for some. sure. I think uh, Hamilton and Jefferson probably had that motive. Well, but, Jefferson uh, did. I don't know if Hamilton did. Ham- every, yeah. I've, I don't know. I, I've only read Ron Chernow's Hamilton book, and he's just jacking off about it. Hamilton constantly. You love so. fucking Hamilton. Yeah, you need to read a more uh, holistic Hamilton book. There isn't but, a better. Uh, there's unfortunately isn't a better one right now. Uh, here, it comments on... Uh, she referred to alarm over Russia's invasion of Ukraine and its people who also appear white as a racial dog whistle. Huh. But I I think we, yeah, I mean, if you listen to our bonus episode this week, which we previously, we actually talk about that. I don't think that's totally that far off. Uh, yeah, well, that, I don't care about that. That's recent controversy. That's yeah, fine. This is re- yeah, this is, yeah, I don't think she's. I've never seen her do anything that would make me like be like ah. This yeah, well, I mean, is, she got into trouble. She got into trouble mainly for for saying that the Revolutionary War was fought like expressly to protect slavery. And n- number one, I haven't read the sixteen nineteen project, so that may yeah. be in itself a misinterpretation or yeah, like of what it says. Yeah, and two, I mean, yeah, that's. There's more to it than that. They also wanted to like but a not, lot of it, you know. They didn't it was, want to pay it, taxes. Like that's like there, there yeah. were a bunch of reactionary right wing rich guys who did not want to pay taxes. And I'm sure for some for the ones the ones that own slaves, they're like we don't want to pay taxes on our slaves. Yeah, the American Revolution was about making money. It was about making more money than you previously could. And how did most people make money? How did the rich landowners make money back then? You know. That's that's yeah. all you need to put. That's the t- that's two and two yeah, that you need couple, to put together in order to get steps to that conclusion. Removes. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's like there's this weird ideology that everyone has to have about the revolution, like that it's because they wanted freedom in their. It was in their bones. They wanted freedom. Yeah. I like, well, I guess America makes fun of the Queen dying, but we have the same shit with the founding fathers. And, you know, even the president, to some degree, represents that. He, he, uh, the president is the, the nation's waifu. 
<laughs> Obama was definitely, yeah, for a lot of people, he was the waifu. Absolutely. I don't really get what you mean by that. Cause <laughs> oh, waifu is like, waifu is like when a, uh, uh, an anime person fixates on an anime character and otaku fixates on a, uh, like a, a okay. usually it's, it's a fixation a, then i see yeah but it's like uh a, to a person that doesn't actually exist you know to a person that's just sort of a spiritual idea of a person you know so it becomes but it's this form of adulation to this ghost right to this cute ghost that you like to keep around you that doesn't actually talk to you but feels that it talks to you um so yeah, and it's it's interesting these dark enlightenment people want that because what these people are is, are essentially comfort figures, you know. In the same way uh, we had Keith Stack on the show a while back, and I it's it's lovely to see Leslie and Brienne become comfort figures for people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, these people who when you see sort of remind you operate as these spiritual guideposts or waystones for you. And I think the the president of America, you know, regardless of your political opinion you know, takes on, takes on that image of that, of the constant God, of the God constant. You know, I think that's even why ostensibly anti-monarchy is Stephen Fry on Twitter was going like, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, no. And some, some amazingly brilliant person quote tweeted and said, uh, the British twink I've been edging for 40 minutes. You know, it's very, I retweeted that. Uh, but yeah, even even among people who you would ostensibly think are anarchists, uh, uh, not anarch uh, anti-monarchists, um, they, they still have this sentimental attachment to this thing. And the way I likened it was, have you have you ever seen the movie? Have you ever seen the television show Lost? Nope, not at all. Not a single episode. Uh, so there's there's <laughs> this one uh, character called Desmond, and he's a Scottish guy. And he says, Desmond, I've become unstuck in time. And I need to find a way. And, and he, yeah, he's unstuck in time like the protagonist in Slaughterhouse-Five. And his molecules are being ripped apart. And in order to become stuck in time once again, he needs to uh, interact or hear the voice of someone who is a constant, i.e. somebody that has been in their life for a while and sort of grounds them to reality. Um, so... And then his constant is his girlfriend, Penny. He hears his girlfriend, Penny's voice over the phone, and he says, Penny, it's you, Penny. And he he is able to live once again. But I think that's sort of what these figures operate as for people. These constants, you know, these things that exist, you know, unchanged and uh, exist throughout time to represent some sort of uh, epochal event that you're experiencing with them. You know, there are these, uh, I guess, cultural avatars is another way to put it as well. But, um, yeah, so it's weird that you want that. It's weird that, like, the dork enlightenment is all about these return to monarchs because they are essentially comfort figures uh, for, and, you know, you want a comfort figure because you're weak. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's weird you have this fucking anti, and it's, no, not, not, not all the time you have, you want them because, like, but it, yeah, it's weirdly sentimental. You have this whole um, you have this whole philosophy based on the idea that you are more rational, that people are more rational than others. Well, the the dark enlightenment people they don't want like a figurehead monarch. They want yeah, they want the real deal. They yeah, want, they, they want, want yeah, an evil fucking ruler. Well, they, I mean, do they want the the monarch who can make decisions without any kind of um, balancing of of interests outside of his own, uh, his or her own um, internal decision-making yeah, process, yeah. because that yeah. simplifies everything. Um, Absolutely. Well, yeah, but I think once again, it that's sort of a comfort thing. He, it's because it's, it's a comfort figure. Yeah, because yeah. daddy, daddy's in charge. You know, mommy's in charge. Yeah, it's, um, it is weird that they think that that would be better because. There have been indecisive bad monarchs who the equivalent of gridlock occurs because they are unable to reconcile in themselves to con conflicting ideas. So mm -hmm. it's and then you're kind of stuck for that <laughs> until that person dies. Yeah, like that's 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 really hampered. Like that's why people were sort of stuck in the medieval ages for so long because every so often they just get this terrible king and he's like oh shit the king's 17 and he's an idiot and it's mm -hmm. and, and he's living until he's 80 mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're not gonna be able to do anything good the mm -hmm. entire time he's king yeah 
It's very, uh, very, a very foolish thing to want to do. Um, well, they want it because they think they should be the ones in charge. They also have that. Yeah, it's like sense he, does Peter Thiel think he's gonna be like the guy whispering in the king's ear, or like, does he want to be the king himself? I, don't, I know. don't know. I mean, he is so not like he is so not gonna be cool with if if it's a Catholic monarch, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't get it. Um, but I <laughs> well, guess I the, think... there's more of this, like what, like the Nick land, like techno fascism stuff that yeah. I don't understand. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I can't stomach to read much about it. So I, but... I just kind of ignore it and block those people. <laughs> I imagine it's like that. What the divine right becomes is this like sacred AI that you build up. You build a sacred AI and then it selects the leaders for you based on like sets of data that you're acquiring from people. So okay. that it can choose the one, you know, I, I'm not familiar with it, but, you know, I, that's how they get around that idea of divine right or, you know, uh, blood lineage, uh, you know, uh, choosing bad monarchs is that, no, instead, this is done on some sort of objective, technologically uh, maintained meritocracy. People have so overestimate AI. It's really crazy to me. They're like, oh, they're like, it's almost there. It's almost gonna, it's almost a human being in there. And there was that guy that got fired from Google for saying that it had that Google's AI had achieved intelligence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that guy was mostly just doing it for doing it for the clicks, you know, mostly just saying that so well, that people fired, would pay attention. So, yeah, um, there you go. I don't know if he got if that's. I mean, they clicked the fire button. <laughs> that that is true. That is true. <laughs> you think at Google they have a, a button for firing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they just send him down the Google shaft into yeah. the Google prison. It's all pneumatic over there at Google Enterprises. Absolutely, yeah. But they do have little nap zones in the Google prisons. They do have little nap chambers that you can go and take a nice nap in while you're serving your Google time. I'd love to live in the Google prison. You could, Yeah, you could f- search all the information in the Google prison, you know. Well, uh, you can't search shit on Google these days. How worst. do you mean? How do you mean? It's it's a bad search engine. It doesn't work anymore. You can't find what you need to find. What what's bad about it? You've just you noticed don't get it's good not results. Try try to search for like a like a complex topic on Google. You'll have mm-hmm. a, you have a bad time. All like there's so many ads. There's so many irrelevant social media results. Like if you search a term that you want to do research on, like the first sixty pages are Twitter jokes. I mean, right. like. <laughs> It's, so what you're saying is that we should build a search engine, the House of Decline uh, Decline Search. We, I did. I mean, you can't. You go to HouseOfDecline.com, <laughs> and you can use the search engine that I bought. That or not? I didn't buy it. That I coded. That is basically just a um, a, a database search for for terms. If if the term yeah. you search is in the database, it'll have a result. That's the only way it works. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You should uh, now. Now you need to develop an AI that will be able to analyze an image and like determine how many penises are in it. Uh, in order to, this is a five penis comic. This is a three penis comic. I think on the docket for the website is going to be rearranging the panels to make your own penis comics. Mm. That's going to be the next thing. Uh, we don't need AI for project. that. I'm not bullish on AI. I think it's silly. I think it's a useful tool, but it's like 3D. It's uh, it's gonna be like a three like three D movies. It's gonna be here and then it's gonna be gone. I think. Well, I don't think. I mean, it's just gonna be. It's gonna be here in ways that we don't expect. I was talking to uh, Grim Exile Grim on uh, Twitter. Uh, I was doing a Spaces talk to him on Spaces, and he's a programmer. And he was talking about what he does is uh, AI for high level legal cases that are in specific legal fields, because what. Uh, apparently this AI he programs can do is just like dredge through a bunch of documents and select all the key terms and relevant quotes and relevant case case law from it and like uh, just turn it into one already organized memo or something like that. I don't know exactly how it works, but it's like we worry about the AI overtaking, you know, uh, labor jobs or something like that. But uh, much more quickly, it's going to overtake these sort of like specialized information professional yeah. type well, jobs. Well, programmers are right now writing AI that will write programs, so they're yeah. they're they're basically <laughs> coding themselves out of a job. Um, yeah. 
So it's funny. The thing is, it's like you have to maintain that shit and maintaining it is a problem that they like if you can write an AI to do maintenance, I would be very surprised. But, you mm -hmm. know, if you can email us at house of decline at gmail dot com. I'm interested if there's any software maintenance AI. I know GitHub has dependabot alerts, but I don't think that's AI. Um, and of course, if you want to go to patreon.com slash house of decline to support the show we welcome it we have daily comics every single day there's a comic that's never posted to twitter and for five dollars a month you get the bonus episodes uh, but alex it's been wonderful do you have any final thoughts about the queen or 9-11 uh i i think it would be funny if you had uh, a second queen had hit has hit the towers <laughs> You know, uh, you know, there are two queens. You know, one, you take the queen from Boston, you get in her large body. And Seth MacFarlane misses that queen. And he's like, oh, God, I missed the queen. You know. <laughs> I almost boarded that queen. <laughs> I almost boarded that queen, you know. <laughs> That's what he's wanted to do his entire goddamn life. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>